0: Over Broadway, it's Connor and Meryl K's bits over Broadway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's now that this is our This American Life. <laughs>
0: I'm taking cues from the musical this weekend. Now we own the production.
1: We own the production. The the produ- means of production are in the hands of the workers. Finally. We are, finally. We've finally done it. You guys, we've finally defeated capitalism.
0: With this podcast, no less. With this podcast alone. They said it couldn't be done, but we and proved, them wrong. proved
1: them wrong. Our Who
0: many haters screaming at us. You can't solve capitalism with a podcast. And we said, you can.
1: We said, watch, watch. You just
0: believe in us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you believe, then it can happen. We're That's like right. Tinkerbell in that way. All you gotta do is believe, and we'll be able to make it happen. And
0: and clap for us. Believe in and us, but also us. please do clap for us.
1: But also, we need that like audio visual communication yes. back to say yeah. that what we're doing is yeah. right.
0: I don't so. want to guess. And if whether or not you believe me, I want to hear it. I need I
1: need to know. The, I need to know. I
0: need the the audible the audible listen, confirmation.
1: <laughs> listen, I did not get into audio comedy for not getting audience <laughs>
0: feedback. Not, that's right. I did not start doing radio so I couldn't get responses from my audience.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's how I feel about it.
0: Uh well, that's going to be Bits over Broadway.
1: Bits over Broadway. We're back. We're here. I'm still in Illinois. <laughs> Meryl's still in New Brooklyn. York. New York. You're wow. Not Brooklyn
0: wow. <laughs> what if I just Ugh. moved into your house when you left? And I was like, it's better. Honestly? Not mad about it. We'd be wild air conditioner, but.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have an air conditioner. You just have to install it because I uninstalled that when I left. This is not interesting.
0: <laughs> I can't. I can't believe you didn't have Mitch installed when we were over there. (laughs) I can't believe you lived for so long without an air conditioner.
1: Well, I I mean, mine is like one of those ones that you have to like stand on the floor and then you just like put the vent out the window. So it's really not that hard. Oh, you just (laughs)
0: stick a tube out the window, but you didn't feel like it. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, okay. it's super easy. It I takes feel
0: like I feel less bad now.
1: <laughs> Though uh last year when I got the air conditioner, I did install it drunk at four o'clock in the morning because that was like it's yeah, hot in here and I'm not going to bed.
0: That is when you install that kind of air conditioner. You're like it's exactly. too fucking hot to live.
1: <laughs> but I like messed up the way that you have to like put the insulation around the window. So it just like looked so fucked up and every <laughs> piece of installation was like it was like a fucking puzzle. So I don't have any of the installation bits anymore. <laughs> Um so okay cool. Uh
0: yeah, check the check the show description for a link to Connor's air conditioner insulation go fund me. I do
1: need uh, that please. insulation. It costs like $2 and dollars I don't have. It's
0: about $30 to $35. <laughs> please help us achieve our goal. <laughs> please help us achieve our goal.
1: This is life-saving insulation that I cannot afford.
0: Oh insulation for all is my program (laughs) that that i'm sponsored. is that
1: what you're campaigning on
0: yeah it's as good as anything else i think
1: honestly that is probably what the democratic party would uh be able to run a good platform on because they can't get their foot out of their ass to do anything else.
0: <laughs> I like, but they would assure us that it's asbestos, mostly asbestos free.
1: Mostly asbestos free. Mostly. And then we would have to have an entire fight about it over Congress, over whether people even need access to <laughs> yeah.
0: it. No, everyone does have access to insulation. Has
1: access to it, but does everyone Can they, need? It? Yeah,
0: yeah. Can they get it? No, but they
1: could,
0: in theory. If in they theory, they could found some lying on the
1: ground.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> and that's how I get most of my. And uh, that's where I get my insulation. <laughs> Just Listen, on if- the street for listeners who may be considering moving to New York if you see furniture or anything on the street it's free. That's
0: right. There's even Instagram accounts dedicated to it now. So you can That's just correct. you can just go get whatever you want There was this great chicken foot table
1: Oh my god! Oh my In god! In Brooklyn Baba
0: Thank you. I texted it to. I texted a link to Mitch, and I was like, "I need you to go to Brooklyn right now because I was still at work." I was like, "Right, <laughs> right now you need this," and he was like, "No," and I'm leaving you. <laughs> and I just all text like all caps texted back Baba Yaga table. <laughs> I need it. You
1: gotta get the Baba Yaga table. Come I'm on. I'm sorry.
0: That's that is if nothing else, Baba Yaga is my brand.
1: Yes, I 100% agree.
0: I live in a hot, hot chicken house. (laughs) Hot, hot
1: chicken house. That's what I'm going to start calling your apartment now.
0: Please do. We already do. You should. (laughs) That is a deep cut from one night when I was... Staying up late to help make lunches for the week. I meal prep. Not okay.
1: She has meal prep money.
0: <laughs> I once cooked two chicken breasts at 10 o'clock at night, which is the definition of meal prepping.
1: That is correct. <laughs>
0: and Mitch was so mad that I was making him stay up so I could finish cooking. and He was like, now you're going to make me sleep in this hot, hot chicken house. <laughs> <laughs> and that's true. <laughs>
1: And then it went down in infamy, and now, and now- Meryl lives in the hot, hot, shit hut. <laughs> That's
0: Right, it truly confirmed all my <laughs> deepest desires.
1: I'm very happy for you. Um, yeah, I will be having one of those like white women, <laughs> uh, like. Board signs that people like that say "gather," you uh-huh, know, but uh-huh. it's gonna say "hot, hot." Oh.
0: oh, please put "hot, hot chicken house" in a script font. Yes, thank you.
1: <laughs> and that's gonna be my gift to you whenever and if ever you guys get married. I
0: appreciate that. I do require a sign in three different fonts minimum, with those oh, little yeah. laurels on the side and underneath. It's
1: gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be one is gonna be a handwritten script. The uh-huh. other is gonna be. Pyrus, of course, yeah, the and, the and then, then the last is chiller. One
0: will...
1: Yes, and I might. Yes, absolutely. You got it.
0: Hot, <laughs> hot chicken house. <laughs> chicken houses and chiller.
1: Chicken houses in chiller. <laughs> exactly. And then I might put some wingdings down at the bottom oh as well. Oh my gosh, I love
0: wings. <laughs> That's my sign that says established in 2021, but it's in Wingdings.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the, the EST, the established part, is going to be in Comic Sans, but then the date itself is going to yeah, be Wingdings. It's
0: is only Wingdings. Um,
1: that is the rule.
0: <laughs> I do hate those signs. Uh, no offense to anyone who has one. but um, it's very,
1: They're very fun, though. It's fun to hate on them.
0: It's fun to be like, I'm a company. Our relationship is a business, and we were established in a year. Okay. (laughs) My established in 2022 sign says established, but in Wingdings is a very funny bit to me. Thank you.
1: All right. I am a comedian. (laughs) What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you like this.
0: (laughs) I can't believe you would do this. This is the worst way you could have told me this. I know. I'm so sorry. (laughs) All right. Um, let's get into this week's show.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. I feel like we we did so much up top because we're trying not to talk about the show this
0: week. <laughs> <laughs> I would do anything to go back in time and not have watched
1: this show. You? I'm surprised you even watched it. I didn't watch it. You know, I. Yeah. There was a hot second where I was like considering watching the movie last night. Um, and then I was like, um, actually, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, in my initial searches, I didn't realize that it was actually on Broadway, and right. so I had planned to watch the movie the whole time. And then somehow, on my second Google to try and find the Wikipedia again, it came up like the musical. I was like, "Oh, oh,
1: there it is." Okay, okay, right
0: it's not just a movie musical. This was <laughs> a staged production. It cool. Was. I love having a theater prod- podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, anyway, all this to say the episode uh, this week's show is The Who's Tommy.
1: The Who's Tommy. Uh,
0: and let me tell you it's a fucking trip.
1: It's something. I um, yeah. I mean, we can get into it. We can start right away with uh, a little F&F. F. Yeah,
0: Connor, please uh, do deliver unto us the facts and fakes. Facts
1: and figs. All right. Facts and figs. So, The Who's Tommy is uh, music and lyrics by Pete Townsend, who is the lead guitarist of the band The Who. If you are a uh, Gen Zer who listens to this podcast, The Who was a British rock band. (laughs) in the (laughs) 60s
0: you probably know them from the theme song to csi even though that's still 25 years before you were born (laughs) teenage they say teenage wasteland over and over again that's the who Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) the book was written by pete townsend and des mccanniff the uh, production history, it had an out-of-town tryout at uh, La Jolla Playhouse in California in July 92, and then it transferred to Broadway in March of 93 and ran for 27 previews, and then opened on uh, in April of 1993, and it ran until June of 1995 for a total of 899 performances. So it actually had a pretty decent, decent run. run. Um, It then moved to the West End uh, in March of 96 and ran until February of 97. And then um, there were a bunch of tours and some other international productions. And then the West End revived it in July of 2015 and it ran until August. And there are uh, discussions Mm -hmm. and rumors that there's going to be a Broadway revival most likely in 2021, but at the rate that we're going right now, who knows if live theater will ever come back ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so we may never have a revival of this show. And honestly, I don't think that that's a bad thing.
0: I think that's OK. I'm good with it personally. I'm
1: honestly good with it. Will I go see it? Maybe. <laughs>
0: oh, if it comes and we're allowed, we're absolutely going
1: to see it. Oh, we're 100% it. going to see it. But yeah. um, especially if Andy Mientis is reprising the role of Tommy because he played Tommy in um, the, a Colorado production, and I do love Andy Mientis. Uh It was nominated for 11 Tonys in the 93 Tony season, and it won five. Wow. For direction, choreo, original score and scenic and lighting designing. And then it won eight drama desk or it had eight drama desk nominations and won four. And then it also, also won a Grammy award for the best musical show album. Liars. I'm really going to take
0: umbrage with the uh, best score. Tony, frankly, I
1: absolutely agree. Uh, And just a quick synopsis before we dive in deep into the show. Based on the fourth studio album by English rock band, the who Tommy is a rock opera that tells the story of Tommy Walker, a deaf, dumb and blind boy and his relationship with his family and his experiences in his life. <laughs> That's it.
0: <laughs> oh, Let's get
1: into it. Let's talk. Yeah. Okay. So I actually want to do give a little bit of backstory on the album yeah, and like how this came into being. So, um, pete townsend when he after he uh they had released their third studio album he wanted to um move beyond the three-minute, like, pop single format in the 60s. So um, his manager started saying that he could come up with something called a rock opera. Um, The Who did not originate the rock opera, like, concept album, Mm -hmm. but the thing about Tommy is that it was the first album to be marketed as a rock opera. Oh, nice. Um, And the, the band was all for this they like basically gave complete creative control over to townsend so that he could create this album um the way that he wanted to the album is specifically inspired by uh the indian spiritual mentor mayar baba and (laughs) i that might be a uh pastorization of his name i couldn't find a pronunciation um but it's all about his spiritual teachings and um which is one of the reasons why when we look back at the score and back at the the um the album a lot of people have gone back and said maybe this wasn't as strong as we think because it doesn't translate as well (laughs) yeah maybe
0: we're just caught up in like being excited that the who was doing a music role, and we let that get we let that (laughs) cloud our judgment.
1: Absolutely. They had, uh, specifically, um, like written Townsend specifically wrote this entire album, uh, to be performed. He wanted it to be, uh, them go like people going to see the who on tour to mm-hmm. see tommy mm-hmm. the rock opera not necessarily see the who perform a bunch of their like hits and singles and stuff like that
0: and how'd that work out for old pete
1: <laughs> i mean the album has been inducted into the rock and roll musical rock and roll hall of fame um it's been rolling stone has labeled it the 500 great one of the 500 greatest albums of all time um and it's included what? in the 1001 albums you must hear before you die so so <laughs>
0: disagree. I could have died without hearing that and been good.
1: Yeah. i totally
0: fucking fine, to
1: be honest. I 100% agree. So Tommy comes, so they, they're, they, uh, he does this, um, and then, uh, everybody kind of like shits themselves over it. And so then we get the movie adaptation, um, with Elton John, and then it transfers to Broadway mm-hmm. and comes all the way from Over the Pond to The Great White Way.
0: But 20 years later, right? Because the movie's like 75 or something like that. The movie
1: was in the 70s, and then the the Broadway production didn't come until the 90s. Um, And one of the things about the show is that, so I went back and actually listened to Tommy, the album, and the show is basically exactly that album, just with more orchestration and a little bit more clearer of a plot.
0: I gotta say... The musical interludes. (laughs) It's just the first half hour of the movie. So to be clear, Connor listened to the uh, OBC and I listened to the, and I watched the movie. And the first half hour of the movie, truly no one speaks or sings. There's no, it's just orchestration like it's just the music and you're oh watching God. things happen so it's like telling yes. the whole story of um his dad being like a fighter pilot in world war ii it's like falling <laughs> okay it's like the beginning of up yes but worse and somehow n- like in a pathetic way
1: <laughs> in a path- So this is one of my problems with the show is that um, Pete Townsend doesn't know how to edit himself. (laughs) Okay. And the show, like the majority of the first act is just exposition to get to why Tommy is deaf, dumb and blind. Yeah,
0: I don't need all that. (laughs)
1: no exactly it's like take a red pen cut out some of those songs
0: you could have just like we could have shortcut this and just been like uh tommy saw his parent get or someone close to him get murdered right and it struck him blind deaf and dumb
1: so this is this is where i'm gonna say some some blasphemous things okay for this podcast okay okay wicked did it better
0: yes agreed a thousand percent
1: (laughs) (laughs) like the way that because i was thinking about this as we Mm -hmm. were going through because so um just to like give a quick summary the the beginning of the show goes has like six songs that are all exposition it's talking about how um uh this Tommy's father meets his mother and then he goes over and fights in world war two. And then, um, he disappears and he gets captured by the Nazis. So everyone thinks he's dead. And then the mom finds a new lover and, uh, Captain Walker didn't know that the mom was pregnant with Tommy. So then uh, she has the baby and she finds a new lover. And then he gets liberated from a POW camp. So then he goes back to England to find her with a new lover. There's an altercation. He murders Tommy's (laughs) or Tommy's mom's lover. And Tommy sees it Mm -hmm. in a mirror because his mom like turned him away from the altercation. But then he saw it in a mirror. And so Mm -hmm. that's why he's like struck deaf, dumb and blind. Um, because of trauma and then he sings this song called amazing journey Mm -hmm. that is all the first like 30 minutes of the show
0: (laughs) does does tommy sing within the first 30 minutes of the show he he sings amazing journey
1: he's his older self sings the amazing journey part like the narrator self um, which is was michael Cerverus in the original broadway production Mm -hmm. but the reason that i say Wicked did it better is because the exposition in Wicked and setting up everything for the uh, payoff of Wicked Mm -hmm. happens in like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Every exposition point that you need from like the mom cheating on the husband to like the green elixir. And Mm -hmm. like the birth of Elphaba and everything happens in a span of like five to 10 minutes. And Tommy does it in 30 minutes.
0: <laughs> I want I want the I want the viewers to know that Tommy does not speak in the movie until and it's an hour and 51 minutes until about 40 minutes from the end. You're yeah. fully an hour and some change into the movie before he is able to speak. So I was questioning how that would work on stage, but a narrator role makes way more
1: sense. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Because they have like younger Tommies and then they have the older Tommy who's narrating and Mm -hmm. um, uh, will occasionally sing interludes. Um, But the Michael Cerveris character eventually steps into the role of like Tommy in real time. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't happen until halfway through the second act. Exactly like the same in the movie. And it's just, it, There are so many structural problems. I think that there is an element of a good show in here. Mm -hmm. I just think it really needs some rewriting and some editing.
0: I got really big meatloaf vibes from this show. Like, yeah, the nature of the songs, like, trying to be Mm. so dramatic and
1: epic. Yes.
0: You can't have... A show full of just epic songs Every song can't be Defying Gravity no. Or Defying Gravity doesn't slap
1: <laughs> You're exactly. like you're losing
0: me here You know what I mean
1: Exactly
0: Need some dynamics Pete
1: <laughs> It's the it's the bad out of hell principle yes. Everybody is out of 10 And there's absolutely no coming down from that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I will say um this movie was horrifying and everyone should have to see it and there should only be <laughs> movies made that are like that. <laughs> That's the only kind lo- of movie that should be made.
1: I do fuck with that opinion. <laughs> yes.
0: I loved it. Um I will say the movie's great. Stacked cast has Tina Turner playing the Acid Queen and she's
1: uh,
0: hot and incredible. Um I love that. and Margaret plays the mom, a queen. The um, pinball wizard is played by Elton John in an outfit that is truly amazing. And um, Jack Nicholson plays the doctor or the specialist. Oh my God. Yeah. That's
1: it's amazing yeah
0: and then and plus the if you care about this which I don't all the members of the who are also in it <laughs> uh,
1: well, okay. I could do without that but
0: um, is there a perverted uncle in the uh, yes, show there is. okay okay great
1: okay so yeah. we're we can go on this a little bit more so we uh, we get to amazing journey where he's talking about um, look at all this cool shit that happened to mm-hmm, me essentially mm-hmm. is the the point of the amazing journey <laughs> and then we go on, we find out that um uh, that we see the family try to like cure Tommy, find out what's wrong with him, how to make him uh, better and nothing w- is working. It comes to Christmas time <laughs> where everyone yes. is like, he doesn't know what Christmas is. He
0: doesn't know how to pray. He's so fucking stupid.
1: He's so stupid and dumb. He doesn't even know what fucking Christmas is. This guy <laughs> is damned to hell. To
0: hell.
1: Just first of all. First of all, no. That's <laughs> not of all, how this works.
0: There had been a murder committed, so I'm pretty sure you don't need to worry about Tommy.
1: Exactly. I think you need to be talking about the fact that um you're covering up a murder. A
0: murder. Yeah. In the movie it's um it's actually the inverse. Uh the father gets killed by the lover. Mm. And then the lover and the mom both kneel in front of Tommy because he's standing in the doorway. Right. Um, and watches the whole thing happen. And they're like, you didn't see anything. You didn't hear anything. You didn't oh see God. anything. You didn't hear anything. And there's like a whole song about how. <laughs> like, no wonder. Yeah. So he chose to be blind, deaf and dumb because you kept saying right. you didn't see. Like, I kept trying to glean some sort of meaning or through line or reason for anything happening. Um, and it was tough.
1: There's really none. any. There's not any. There's none whatsoever. I was trying. I was because I was trying to do the same thing. I was like, is this like so we get to the fact that um, he has an uncle who sexually abuses him and he yes. has a cousin who physically abuses <laughs> him. Yeah. And I was like sitting there during those songs. I was like, what is the point of this is the
0: point just that if you can't fight back people will be cruel to you like
1: i i thought that like like maybe they were trying to say something about like Society taking advantage of like disabled people, yeah, but or just
0: disregarding them because the mom is all the mom and the lover also just like constantly like, oh, do you think it's bad that we leave him with his drunk gay uncle? Also, there right. there's a gay reference in the movie, and I was like, okay, he can be um a pedophile and not gay. <laughs> he right. can just be a pedophile. It doesn't have we to could, be like.
1: I mean, it was made in the seventies, but still, right?
0: Yeah. So, what happens in the movie is it's played by Keith Moon, who is a member of the Who <laughs>
1: Jesus of and course
0: it is. and he is drunk, and they talk about how he's drunk, and then he gets like this box of stuff out, oh my God, and like straps uh Tommy to the bed. The lights go out, and it's a literal blackout, but noises are still happening. It's very unsettling. And then the mom and the lover come home, and the lover comes upstairs. And opens the door and turns on the light, and nothing's happening. But like Tommy's in bed looking catatonic, and the uncle is at the foot of the bed reading something called gay news. <laughs> just gay news and you know
1: the, the the uh main publication where all of us gay people get our get news get
0: your gay news um and we
1: got to get the gay news and i need to know what's happening with share at all times at all times
0: and and what i'd love to know how the subscription works on that um and then the dot. Da-
1: you get a subscription when you come out
0: <laughs> exactly you're put on a list yes. yeah um, absolutely
1: you are put on a list, but
0: <laughs> and then the lover like lights the gay news on fire. Um oh my
1: God.
0: I, I don't know. I'm sure there's symbolism in that, but I was just too busy rolling my eyes to try and figure it out.
1: Let and let's talk into let's dive into some film theory here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's apply film theory to Tommy. I'd love to. <laughs> um yeah, so and the on the cousin is psychotic and horrifying and like Yeah. The shit they talk about doing is fucked up, and ugh.
1: there, there he has like an entire song about how he's gonna like put pins under his knee, like nails and shit like that. Yeah, and but then at the same time, so the reason why I say that, like, what's the point? Because there's no like payoff where the uncle or the cousin no. like get like, like. What's coming to them, or like Tommy doesn't get justice. Like, essentially, they like the cousin introduces him to pinball, Uh and the uncle, like, tries to profit off of Tommy's fame at the end. So it's like, there's no, like, again, what the fuck is the point? Pete Townsend, you need an editor.
0: I want you to know that at least the cousin introduces him to pinball. That makes sense. In the movie, um, He oh, he's constantly staring into mirrors, Tommy. Right. Constantly. Um, he follows a vision of himself out of the house. His parents oh are God. not watching him. They're watching TV because they don't care about him. And follows a vision of himself out of the house and into a junkyard where there's an old pinball machine that he starts playing. Oh, my God. And the lover is like. My God, this kid's a natural. We got to get him playing in stadiums because that's how you play pinball. (laughs) What the fuck? I feel like Pete Townsend just didn't have a good, clear grasp on what pinball was. Right. And how it like factored into the culture, because this is a lot to ask of like an insight, a, a change, like- to center a musical so much around pinball is to me distressing.
1: <laughs> so I have, I actually have a quote from Pete Townsend here Let's um, hear about the origin of the, the choice, the, story. So, <laughs> the choice, the, the, the capital C choice that he made. So. The quote, the package, I hope, is going to be called Deaf, Dumb and Blind Boy. It's a story about a kid that's born deaf, dumb and blind, surprisingly, and what happens to him throughout his life. But what it's really all about is the fact that he's seeing things basically as vibrations, which we translate as music. That's really what we want to do. Create this feeling that when you listen to the music, you can actually become aware of the boy and aware of what he's all about because we are creating him as we play, end quote. He said that in August 1968.
0: Hmm. A more interesting idea than what happened. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. And this is what I'm saying is that it, there, at the core of this show, there is an interesting and good musical, I think. Yeah. Especially when we get into the second act and it's more about like the relationship of celebrity and fan and yeah. like how people kind of like treat celebrities as religious figures and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I think that's a really interesting, like, moral center of the show but it comes in the very last 20 minutes and then we just brush it off completely
0: listen let's call lalw get him on this (laughs) let's get his views on fame in there We, we can make this into a hit musical yet
1: I yeah, believe absolutely. In us. once again. Bits Over Broadway is offering their services as script doctors <laughs> and editors to all of Broadway. Yeah. Um, we've done this. We we offered these services for Bad Out of Hell, and we will gladly extend them to the Who's Tommy.
0: That's as well. right. So after he's discovered Tommy's discovered to be a pinball prodigy. Yes. The next song is The Pinball Wizard, I think.
1: Uh yeah, in the in the musical, it's kind of a bit different because we find out that he's a pinball prodigy and then we get like the acid queen part like oh
0: interesting
1: yeah they try to take him to like the hawker and um they do eyesight to the blind and then uh they go to the acid queen part and then uh we get to pinball wizard which is the song that everybody knows
0: so tell me about the acid queen in the
1: musical as far as I know, I like I didn't I also wasn't really <laughs> paying attention to the song because I was very That's bored fair. out of my mind. Um and also I like this feels like it feels like a very 60s point where um everyone just thought acid could cure anything. Um and I'm not throwing shade to the <laughs> community, to be clear. Do not cancel me for that. But <laughs> Uh, all it says is, uh, number one, problematic, because it says they find a prostitute called, quote, the gypsy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. She refers to herself as the gypsy several times.
1: That's a slur, just so everyone is clear. That is a slur. (laughs) Um, who tries to convince Captain Walker to let her spend time alone with Tommy, introducing him to drugs. Horrified by her methods, Captain Walker snatches Tommy away. And that's the only part of the acid queen that we get. Okay. Okay. Tell me about her in the movie.
0: The movie's way better. Um, okay. So the, it's implied that the dad in the pervy – not the dad. The lover. Sorry. I'm just going to refer to him as Tommy's stepdad from okay. now on. <laughs> I think his name is Frank in the movie, but it doesn't matter. So the stepdad and the perverted uncle run like – a brothel essentially a strip not a strip club but kind of a cross between a strip joint and a brothel and the acid queen comes down one day and see and also tommy works there too for some reason he just like mans the um porno movie
1: okay so hold on i have to (laughs) i have to jump in here I feel like they play very fast and loose with the definition of deaf, dumb and blind.
0: Yeah, he well, he doesn't do anything. He just sits there, Um, but he's at the table and then people take like a brochure. (laughs) He doesn't do. To be clear, he's just sitting there catatonically again throughout most of this movie. Roger Daltrey is just doing this. His mouth is slightly <laughs> open and his eyes are wide and he doesn't talk. Yeah, sorry. I forgot. <laughs> Visual medium. Um, Visual medium. Yeah. It's he's just like staring into space like he is brain dead. Um it's great. Even when people like hit him or touch him, he doesn't like jump at the feeling of someone or anything sure. like that. It's just like <laughs> Yeah, I'll let people kick the shit out of me because I'm he's not so much blind, deaf and dumb as catatonic. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And the acid queen played by Tina Turner, again, incredible, uh, comes to the front and is like, I'm going to fuck this kid. Uh, That'll fix him. He's He's so fucked up that I'll just fuck the problem out of him. Oh, my God. I'm the acid queen. And if I can't fix his problem, no one can.
1: At the same, also, isn't he like 16? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's not. It's not good. Whatever's happening is not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's implied that she injects him with some kind of uh, hallucinogen, most likely acid, obviously, as her name is the acid queen. And he trips balls, has visions of his dad, has visions of getting stabbed, being covered in poppies. Oh my God. Uh, there are snakes and a skeleton. At one point, I had to avert my eyes. I don't Jesus, fuck with snakes. No,
1: thank you. I don't fuck with snakes
0: either. And then he, his stepdad, walks into the room after like an extended period of time and sees Tommy lying on the floor and kind of drags him out. And the Acid Queen is like, "I'm telling you, if that didn't fix him, nothing will." <laughs> Um, But it's just like close oh up God. psycho shots of Tina Turner pulling these like grotesque faces. I mean, she Yikes. kills it. She's doing an incredible job, but it is a weird scene in the movie. Um, so it's kind of implied that she might have had sex with him okay. or done something with him. But okay. it's never shown and it's never explicit. Interesting. Mostly what it is is an acid trip. And that happens before he's discovered to be a pinball prodigy. Okay,
1: cool, 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 cool. In the show, yeah. it happens right after they, uh, he becomes a gotcha. pinball prodigy. Gotcha. But then we don't find out, we don't sing Pinball Wizard, which is the actender mm-hmm. for Act one until after the Acid Queen part. Because, like, mm. it shows him, like, being really good at pinball, and then they go to the Acid Queen, and then he becomes, like, famous. this famous, like, local hero essentially. Yeah. For pinball. (laughs) For pinball. What the like why was were people just so bored in the 50s and 60s that they had nothing better to do than watch people play pinball? Like is that what essentially this is? (laughs) Is this Uh I'm really glad that I did not grow up in the 60s then because that sounds boring as fuck.
0: Yeah. It's it just doesn't make any sense at all why sorry not to skip ahead but to get to the actual pinball wizard song there's so many details about about how to actually play pinball like that is mad It's just like uh, how does he do it he doesn't tilt he doesn't lift he doesn't i'm like who gives a fuck about how to play pinball that cannot be integral to this story
1: (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately it is
0: now (laughs) Here's what I will say. You can skip, okay. you can save yourself three bucks, not rent Tommy, and just do Google Elton John pinball wizard and you watch on YouTube the clip, this song yeah. from the movie. Then you get to see Elton John's incredible outfit, hear him sing this great song. You can see Roger Daltrey just be like catatonic and also playing pinball. <laughs> and then um, Elton John is wearing these positively, like cartoonishly huge Platform shoes. He's very clearly like on stilts, and the shoes are giant. And yeah, it's amazing. And then he loses to Tommy on stage, right? They're playing pinball against each other in some sort of amphitheater for some, <laughs> okay. again, unstated reason.
1: This is Pinball Wizard in the in the movie? In the
0: movie. And he, he loses, Elton John loses, and he falls off the stage. He, like, faints off the side of the stage, and they carry him away, booing. Everyone's booing and putting their thumbs down at oh him. Oh, my God. And they, all you can see are his giant fucking shoes on people's shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> as they carry him out of the auditorium
1: <laughs> that's amazing
0: and they take his little pinball hat and they put it on tommy and they carry tommy through the auditorium and he is still catatonic and says nothing does nothing feels nothing doesn't smile amazing
1: yeah um i will say pinball wizard is really the only song in the show that i actually like yes, um correct. i It was. It's a great act ender, um, Mm. sort of. I also have some feelings about the way. Again, I I can go deeper into my structural (laughs) notes, but I'll save that. Please, (laughs) I'll save that for Man and Chair. Uh, I think that if in the way that the show exists now, um, without any rewrites, Pinball Wizard is the best point to do an Act One finale because it's a really really fucking good song and it's performed really, really well, especially on the Broadway cast recording.
0: And again, we've already had 30 to 35 minutes of
1: exposition. At this point, (laughs) everything before this has been exposition.
0: Yeah, we gotta get to some sort of plot point. Exactly. Um, Yeah, yeah. It's it doesn't make any sense. It's never explained why being good at pinball is important to anything nope. how they're getting rich off of it it's also implied that him being so good at pinball brings like great wealth to his family
1: absolutely it's it, it's such a it's there's not a lot of like narrative like payoff at all for anything that's set up in the beginning with all the exposition essentially it's just like the exposition is just there and then
0: It doesn't interrogate, like, the trauma of the formative years of your life, thinking your dad was dead, only to have him come back. The the trauma of having a World War II vet as a dad, like, how that plays out, being in post-bombed London or England generally, like... none of that is discussed it's all just like set up and then just like well these are the circumstances like i don't need this many details for right a kid who just uh doesn't talk or listen or speak exactly that's fine i don't care
1: again you can set up the trauma that this character um Experiences in a much more succinct way that then allows you more room and leverage to tell about for story. other songs. Exactly,
0: <laughs> I feel like they couldn't decide. They were like, "Well, we like the idea of Tommy, but what if we also wrote about having uh, a war dad?" <laughs>
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's interesting that you you bring up the mirror because you did mention that he's just staring in mirrors all the time. And in yeah. the musical, the mirror is essentially a point of trauma because the way that it happens is Tommy witnesses the murder right. in the mirror. So he's constantly staring into the mirror. And in my view, um, it's most likely like mirrors are triggering like a PTSD reaction where he's sure. constantly reliving
0: Which would explain the catatonic state. Exactly. And would be fine. No, this is purely, he watched it happen, not in a mirror in the movie. Yeah. And he's just staring into mirrors because he sees himself in the mirror like he sees visions of himself doing things and dancing and being free and holding a giant glowing ball.
1: Again, very fast and loose with the deaf, dumb and blind definition.
0: Uh, Connor, you gotta watch this movie. Um, Uh, It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Um, I don't understand, but let's go ahead and take our act break also. Uh, And then we will be back with act two, a treatise on fame. (laughs) time to attack the second act with uh, Verve and Vigor as though we were trying to win a pinball championship.
1: And this time, we will. <laughs>
0: this time, we're going to win and we're going so to <laughs> be so fucking famous.
1: We're going to be so fucking famous because how good we are at fucking pinball.
0: Oh mm. Alright, so what's the top of act two in this musical?
1: Uh, it's called the underture. You know, a play off of the term <laughs> overture.
0: Wow, radical.
1: Radical Pete Townsend. Go (laughs) fuck yourself. Oh, God.
0: I'll kill you, Pete Townsend.
1: (laughs) I will fight you to the death one day. Uh, I'm adding you on my list right after Ben Brantley. You
0: could take him Um, now, honestly. He's pretty old.
1: Yeah, I probably could, actually. (laughs) You hear that, Pete Townsend? I'm coming for you. Coming for you. We're still at the point in the musical where Tommy is deaf, dumb, and blind still. And it's basically... Uh, They like try one last ditch effort. They take him to a doctor. Captain Walker gets mad um, and they uh, face the reality that Tommy may never be cured. So Captain Walker walks out.
0: (laughs) He's like, I put up with a lot and I killed a man for this woman, but I'm not fucking dealing with this kid anymore.
1: Exactly. Basically, which is super cool and good and definitely not harmful at all.
0: in the movie um it's implied that they're the family gets very 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 rich the mom gets a new cadillac the dad's on a yacht with all the or the stepdad's on a yacht with all the women and jerry falwell jr style all of them were his wife's assistant it's a whole thing um and the uh then a commercial for beans comes on (laughs) canned (laughs) beans
1: Play that beautiful bean footage.
0: <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> what it is, Connor. And the mom is watching TV and she's like, fuck this bean commercial. And she keeps trying to change the channel, but it keeps being beans. And then eventually she's like having a mental break in front of the TV in her room and a flood of beans happens. And it's just Anne Margaret, who, by the way, I believe won an Academy Award for this performance or was it at least nominated. Is rolling no. around in just Pounds of What looked to be Baked beans <laughs> oh, It's uh, It's so confusing
1: They invented bean TikTok <gasps> Before bean TikTok was
0: Roll that beautiful bean footage is a direct That's a direct quote from someone Who saw this movie And just Absolutely. was like My kink is Anne Margaret Rolling around rolling in baked in beans, beans. <laughs>
1: Directed by Ken Russell.
0: Yeah, what was his fucked up fetish? I'm looking at his oeuvre. Yeah. Um, And then she takes him to the special. She's like, that's it. I can't handle the beans and the fame anymore. I'm taking him to the doctor so he can talk. And so she takes him to Jack Nicholson, the specialist, who's like... Oh, the problem is that he's emotionally deaf, dumb, and blind, not right. physically deaf, dumb, and blind. So if you can just free him emotionally, you're good. Um, and then also tries to make a pass at uh, the bean mom. And the bean mom was like, please, I've okay. had too many beans. I couldn't stand another bean. Uh, and takes Tommy home. And Tommy keeps staring in the mirrors and she's like, stop fucking start at those mirrors oh and she throws him through a mirror uh into their pool again they're very rich of course and i guess the window is the mirror is also a window i, I don't know she, anyway she throws him through it and he has like this j- very quick journey of self-discovery and then after he's you know defenestrated he can <laughs> then uh speak and see and hear
1: I absolutely love that you got, you were able to defenestrate <laughs> it. The, that thrills me so much. I love that. That's, that made the podcast, like, that's the end that's of the it. episode. That's, that's it. Did well, it. Well,
0: uh, uh, bye. <laughs> I
1: love that. There's definitely the bit with the smashing of the mirror in the musical. I'm also just quickly reading about Ken Russell, who directed the, the yes. who's Tom. Tell us about uh, him. A film critic in 2006 said that um, Russell was somebody who proved that British cinema didn't have to be about kitchen sink realism. It could be every bit as flamboyant as Fellini. Later in his life, he turned he turned to making low budget experimental films, um, and they are as edgy and out there as ever. So he was sort of like known as being a more uh, an auteur,
0: the David Lynch of Britain, and I would say that's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Lynch <laughs> sorry i just finished twin peaks for the first time so now i'm dropping david lynch references like i know shit
1: <laughs> i do need to watch that is it on netflix do you
0: do you need to do i Dude, uh, it what is what did
1: you tell me season, do
0: i season one and two are on netflix yes the new stuff is not on netflix
1: okay, like, well. the return
0: to and i don't think fire walk with me is on there either that's the movie.
1: Oh, I was going to be like, what the fuck is Firewalk with me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to be saying that about halfway through the first season, too. So,
1: Oh, I love that.
0: It's fine. I would say the first season is good, but it is slow. Sure. Um, Which I think is the point. It's a slow burn. And then the second season gets bad like half, like a third of the way through. It takes a real sharp left and doesn't get good.
1: Interesting, that, I think. In my opinion. The way that people on Twitter talk about it, it mm-hmm. is the peak of TV. Yes,
0: I know. That's so why I was like, and Mitch loved it. Like, grew up loving it. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired of fucking hearing people on Twitter talk about this and not having a reference for it. So let's watch Twin Peaks. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. I haven't seen it in forever. And then we both got done with it and we were like, hmm, so... <laughs> why everybody likes this for sure like for real they love this okay
1: go all the way off i guess it's called rose colored glasses look it up
0: to each his own um yeah anyway so that's twin peaks thanks for listening to our twin peaks pod
1: you are now a twin peaks podcast thank you very much <laughs> that's gonna be our new uh quarantine segment <laughs> if that ever
0: <laughs> that's right um but ken russell yeah i could definitely see that he would then turn into like b-movie experimental yeah. auteur like it is very wild Um, cinematography, like very weird and long kind of trippy sequences, especially in the beginning when he's still, um, so what I could get from the songs was that he was locked in his own head and Mm -hmm. finally like overcame whatever trauma he was trying to process by being catatonic. And then they talk a lot about freedom and he's like, Oh, I'm free. I'm free. I can, I can talking and singing, whatever
1: so in the musical they have that moment where the mom smashes the mirror mm-hmm. and as I've already said like said um, the mirror is sort of this like trauma point it's mm-hmm. uh, him constantly reliving his trauma because he witnessed what happened in the mirror and then she smashes the mirror and he sings the song I'm free okay he uh, okay. talks about like he does the whole freedom thing but it's really interesting uh, the way I feel like <laughs> number one I feel like that's not necessarily how reconciling with trauma works <laughs> Um,
0: yeah i don't think so either
1: <laughs> i mean like again pete townsend making some crazy jumps here some choices. Um, it definitely goes back so this is where we get to the um the the spiritual like mentor that he was trying to emulate mm-hmm. in the um through this album okay I was reading a little bit about like the teachings of this uh mayor baba person Uh um from the 60s again why did every rock band have to become fucking (laughs) gurus in the 60s i don't know yeah um stupid bad uh don't do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) stupid bad don't do that yeah i agree
1: you're british
0: leave those people alone Uh, leave her alone
1: alone but essentially uh the in one of mayor baba's books he talks about um how each soul is uh starts off at a very uh rudimentary form of consciousness and then uh develops um an advancement towards an increasing conscious state and then through like reincarnation and coming through these different states of consciousness eventually comes to uh the what is he it it comes to the realization that its true identity is as a god essentially so when we put the when we put the the frame of his spiritual teachings onto tommy we definitely see that journey. The
0: pinball thing starts to make sense. <laughs>
1: the, the journey of Tommy, starts, Tommy starts to make a little uh-huh. bit more sense uh-huh. because all of the trauma is him realizing going through his different states of consciousness and
0: uh-huh.
1: from the very rudimentary of deaf, dumb and blind to I'm free and then eventually becoming a God.
0: <laughs> I, Oh, I forgot to mention this, but in the first act, so like the first time we see Tommy as a, Not a grown up, but at the age that he is in the film, like, grown, more grown than a four-year-old, right? Yes. The first time we see him, his mom has taken him to church, but the church is, like, worshipping Marilyn Monroe. Mm. So there's statues of Marilyn Monroe everywhere, and it's, like, her over the city grate, like, with her dress blown up. And the people, the attendants that are, like, helping with the service are all wearing Marilyn Monroe masks. Interesting. And, like, there's Marilyn Monroe, like, figure, like, um, imagery all over the religious, like, objects. But it's never discussed. And they don't mention it in the song. Like, they don't talk about Marilyn Monroe. That's just, like, the setting of – and all these people are at church. And there's, like, one side with people looking like they're in a cult – Plus, Tommy and his mom. And then the other side is people like who are very clearly suffering from some disability, like physical disabilities, mental disabilities, like whatever. There's a hospital bed where someone's like laying, watching all of the proceedings. It's very what? weird. And I don't understand it. And I don't, I think it's supposed to be a connection on like the celebrity the worship.
1: Celebrity. Yeah.
0: And like growing up with that and like how I guess this is again never made clear i am doing not even alluded to i'm doing right. all of the heavy lifting here of course that like he would then grow up to believe that celebrity worship is
1: religious religious
0: like being famous is akin to religion i don't know Anyway, so yeah, yeah.
1: The show has an interesting moral question in it in the way that we like treat celebrity in the mm-hmm. way that um especially in uh today's era in the way that uh Stand celebrity and shit. Stand- Culture and celebrities are treated almost as spiritual leaders or at least um the reverence that we tend to give them is they have so much latitude within our society today so like tommy has a really interesting question but again like you said they don't address it they don't um say anything really about it they don't um like set up any of that until the last 20 or 30 minutes of the show because um After the song, I'm free in the musical, we get to this part where Tommy is now because he's cured, essentially, Mm -hmm. he's like like, this famous person. So he starts going and performing at stadiums, and theaters where he puts on a helmet to make himself blind and deaf (laughs) and play pinball for people. And like that's how he becomes famous. And then this is where we get the yeah. cousin um es- essentially like helping him be like come famous. And Uncle Ernie is trying to capitalize by selling souvenirs um, and going and selling tickets to Tommy's holiday camp. And um this is like we start to see this celebrity and religious figure um like theme start coming, but mm-hmm. this is the very end of the second act. And it's just like they're setting up all of these questions that they don't have time to, answer. to explore or answer. And it's really annoying because it's like it would be a very – I think it would be a much more interesting show if we could explore that a little bit more. And yeah. um, I just, I think it gets bogged down by this whole like spiritual uh, like philosophy that Townsend was trying to translate through mm-hmm. the album.
0: I feel like he was trying to – get to this question but like took too long to get there
1: yes like i gotta
0: really prepare them so that they're more willing to accept my premise like we'll just accept the premise that's sort of the whole thing about musical theater is that we're already willing to believe that everyone is singing instead of talking so we're good we're good
1: we're the (laughs) the whole point of theater is that suspension of disbelief like you know yeah we that's the social contract so take you, us with you on this wild. if andrew lloyd weber can talk about celebrity and trains you can do it with a guy who plays pinball yeah,
0: like you can you can you do can. anything
1: he'll follow you
0: um and so in the movie he becomes famous or whatever and then becomes yeah kind of like a religious figurehead because right. his mom sort of promotes him like once he can start speaking it becomes news Yes. Like, oh my God, Tommy, this pinball champion who couldn't talk, see, or hear now can do all three. Triple threat. And um, quadruple <laughs> threat. He can also play pinball pretty good. The,
1: triple, the original triple threat, if you will.
0: <laughs> Just having most of your senses intact is being a I'm triple threat. And so then he like... It cuts to, like, a gang fight where this one motorcycle gang is shooting and trying to, like, murder another motorcycle gang. And Roger Daltrey, as Tommy, comes parasailing in.
1: Jesus Christ. Like,
0: hang, hang glides over the gang fight and is like, you love me and you'll want to hear my story and you're gonna, like, be converted. And the... And everyone stops fighting and they don't blow away the other motorcycle gang. And he, <laughs> like leads them to his church compound and where his mom and his stepdad are in like fatigues. And it's a like camp for people who want to convert to the church of Tommy and listen to him preach. And they're all sitting around on these giant, they look like ping. It's a recurring theme of this ball. Um, when his mom finds out that his dad has been like listed as missing in action Um, been shot down or whatever she's working at a munitions factory like full betty the um what is it the engineer lady what the rosie the riveter jesus fucking christ my brain she's like full rosie the riveter um and she's holding this like she's working with a bunch of like fucking loose ammunition that are just like little silver balls. Okay. And she faints and all the balls like fall all over her, these silver balls. And then the ping the the pinball ball becomes like a symbol also. Right. So they're on these like giant um you know at Christmas time around ro- Like, around Rockefeller Center, but on the Fox News side, building side, like, on 6th Avenue, there's two installations that always get put up, and one of them is giant Christmas ornaments, and the other one is, like, giant Christmas lights. Yes. These, they're, like, that size, the size of these Christmas ornaments. (laughs) 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 God, They're huge. And the people are climbing all over them, and they're silver, and they're all sitting around, like, listening. Like, truly, this is the most Jesus Christ Superstar part of it, where they're all just, like hanging out on ruins and listening to one guy in tight pants talk and that's the 70s for you baby and and he gives them all these sunglasses that have been outfitted with it's like sensory depth glasses they like have things that they can plug into their ears and a cork to hold in their mouth so they can't talk god and he's like do this so you can achieve what i achieved like if you are also deprived of your senses you can then reach enlightenment essentially yeah. and all the people having to be alone with their thoughts for more than two seconds obviously riot as would we all um of should i be left in a quiet room to think by myself for Girl, fuck, a period you. of time longer than 10 seconds i too will riot um <laughs> i simply do not do that to me it is an attack and so they're no, all like fuck you we're not gonna do what you say we hate you it's an immediate 180 like yeah about face just completely fuck you they start trying to attack tommy um the mom and the stepdad kind of try and defend him and they get killed in the attempt oh to defend tommy tommy gets knocked down into between the balls And all the people, like, there are sirens heard, and so all the people start running away from, like, the crime scene, but not before lighting it on fire. And then it's just Tommy running through the flames while his, like, compound burns. And he floats, he, like, runs to a river and jumps in and floats down into a waterfall where he's just singing, like, I should, like, I don't even know what he's singing. It's just, like, it's over now. And he's like, I'm, now I'm in a waterfall. I should have known better. Oh my god! And then it ends. It's really wild. It doesn't make any fucking sense.
1: So, so they they I they did rewrite the ending yes. after the movie. Smart, smart idea. <laughs> uh, because the the ending of the musical is it's very similar in that uh Tommy like. Doesn't want to be a celebrity anymore because mm-hmm. uh, he there's this point where like one of his fran- his fans gets pummeled um, during one of his performances or whatever the fuck you can call it, and he says I don't want that I don't want this anymore because I d- people are getting hurt because of me. So then he says, well um, I don't want to do this anymore, but do you guys want to come to my house?
0: <laughs> you just want to so, do a hang like a chill hang?
1: Has, like, a so he like brings everybody to his house and then um, the fan who got pummeled was asks him a question of like how can i be more like you and tommy goes the opposite direction and says don't be like me i wanted to be like you i didn't have my senses i didn't know who i was i like i only lived inside my own head for this long i wanted to be like you and everybody gets mad at him because of that because he's telling them not to be him and then that's when we kind of have this like question of or like that's when he sort of answers the question of celebrity becoming spiritual leader and how Mm -hmm. it's like not healthy for people because then the crowd revolts against him and sings and says like no we (laughs) we won't listen to you (laughs) (laughs) you because we came here for you to tell us how to we could be more like you Mm -hmm. and then um There's this whole thing of, like, Tommy, uh, the crowd leaves. Tommy is finally alone with his family, who survives the crowd (laughs) in the musical. And there's this question, um, apparently, like, there's this question of Tommy, like, not having essentially been close with his family after he became a celebrity. And it's essentially them, like, reconciling. Mm. And then being... uh embracing them and uh reuniting with his younger selves on stage for the finale and then that's the end
0: much more compelling somehow than the movie (laughs) um (laughs) i
1: i I agree because i think like with the musical they definitely leaned more into again the like the spiritual leader the celebrity thing in the end as opposed to uh whatever the fuck they were trying to accomplish in the movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This seemed more like this. So they did do the trampled fan thing. Um, Sure. The whole, there's a whole like side story about this little girl who comes and she's like, she does the thing we all do when we go to a concert where we're like, I'm going to look so hot and they're going to see me from stage and they're going to fall in love with me.
1: Yes. Exactly.
0: Among us (laughs) hasn't done that um and like
1: birth without sin and yes,
0: <laughs> yes and so then she runs to the foot of the stage and the stepdad like stomps on her, her hands so she can't climb up and she falls down and like gets trampled and it's this weird like side story about how she t- couldn't she knew she couldn't have been with tommy because they were way too different she just wanted him to see her and she falls right. in love with a guy from california who's also in a rock band and she gets stitches in her face and He actually loves that she has a scar because it's a reminder of how much she loves, like, celebrity. And he's famous. It's so, Connor, it's so bananas and it seems so out of left field. And then, and it's played by, like, two kids, like, fully nine or ten. Even the guy she, like, marries, who's in a rock band, she's still playing herself as a kid and he's playing a kid playing an adult. Like, what? he is a kid playing an adult. It's so weird. It's. That's it doesn't so make any bizarre. sense, and then it's just over, like and it shows Is trying
1: to say something about how celebrities are just children who are who we've given the reins I, to, I, like, honest to
0: God, I don't know if it's trying to say anything. It shows Tommy in a church and shows that it's becoming more religious, like yeah, going less from rock star more to God, and yeah. like becoming a religious symbol, and then it cuts to essentially like the compound cult of it all where he's like created this camp um also his perverted uncle is part of this business venture <laughs> it's exactly. like welcoming people to it the cousin is gone he like shows up to beat the shit out of um tommy and bounces that's it we didn't, and never to be heard from again <laughs> of
1: course yeah yeah no and th- that's one of the reasons why i think that the c- the cousin and the uncle just they makes no sense as characters because everything that's set up about them in act one has zero payoff in yes. the end of act two
0: agreed why do we need them? Right. It's just people being shitty to Tommy. Like, I feel we didn't need two full different songs no. about it.
1: Exactly. It's just trauma porn at that point.
0: Yeah, but it's not even, like, exciting. He doesn't even talk about it. He's not like, it's, you know... You could make the argument that Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat has a little bit of trauma porn in the beginning, right? His brothers beat the shit out of him, shove him down a well, sell him into slavery. Right. <laughs> then he gets accused, falsely accused of rape, imprisoned, right? But at least at the end, there's payoff. At least we address the trauma incurred. And he's like, even though you beat the shit out of me and I fell down a well and you sold me into literal slavery. Patrol.
1: Labor, right?
0: i am using that to become a better person and forgive you and exactly. tommy's just like that kind of doesn't matter because that's from when i was um i'll bust it up and my brain didn't work good and now i'm <laughs> actually okay and so i don't really care about what happened before
1: it's just, just exactly like,
0: what the fuck why did we do any of this
1: what is the point there's there's Again, there's no clarity of purpose because he was... I feel like Townsend was just... When they translated the album into the stage musical, he was literally just doing a literal translation. And there was no editing. There's barely any rewriting Mm -hmm. between the album and the stage musical. So all of these questions, all of these things that he set up and are like wrestling with have literally no payoff. And that's why... (laughs) don't do this don't do this.
0: <laughs> and so don't and so stop that stop
1: and so um the the thesis of the show right now is don't do that yeah.
0: <laughs> i really questioned a couple times watching this like i think i fucking hate musical theater and i hate that we just let anyone do it <laughs> i hate that we're like if you can write a song you can do a musical because i it's simply not true
1: no, it's it's definitely not it's at all
0: harder than it looks to write a musical, um, and I don't think the Who and Pete Townsend achieved that.
1: No, in my not at Personal all. opinion. Yeah the the show has a lot of problems. I again, I know I've said this a lot, but I do think that there is an essence of a good show in here. Yes. It just needs some rewrites.
0: I just would love for it to happen. You know, maybe. 30 minutes into the musical and not 30 minutes from the end of the musical. (laughs) I just think we could move it up a little bit and then answer all the really flesh out the questions we have.
1: In my Um, idolized version of this show, um, the entire 30 minutes of exposition that we have at the beginning is condensed into a five minute number. Okay. Uh, Pinball wizard comes in the middle of the first act and then First act ends with I'm free.
0: Yeah, that would make sense to me.
1: That's like that's like the perfect yeah.
0: in the first act. He's blind, deaf, and dumb, and in the second act, he is not. Wow, what a good way to divvy that up. <laughs>
1: exactly. And then you can spend the entire second act wrestling with the celebrity versus spiritual leader question. Yes, yeah. Because you set all that up, and and then you just cut out the fucking cu- uncle and cousin. Yeah, completely. J- you do them. not need that.
0: You could just have, um, like, neglectful parents. It does the same – it does the same job.
1: Exactly. It it, it uh, accomplishes the exact same thing yeah. that you're trying to do with the cousin and the uncle. Right.
0: We get the idea. People treat him like shit because he does – he is not – he is differently abled and so exactly. they, they think he's a piece of dirt. Yeah, we <laughs> get it. We all live in society
1: fully understand what you're worth <laughs> you 45 minute setup for you to get to that yeah
0: point. and graphic description of said abuse we're good i'm good Fun we're good
1: time. we're good we're like actually very good Pete Townsend. Thank you. <laughs> Thank
0: something you so that much. we talk
1: something that uh we talk about a lot in writing satire is uh uh why your voice does your voice need to be like lent to this discussion and i'm gonna say pete townsend's was not do we
0: need <laughs> a musical about a pinball machine wizard right. no, no not really
1: not really do yeah. we need
0: a helen keller musical maybe
1: maybe don't yeah. think
0: we need it in the form of tommy
1: you <laughs> Need it written by Pete Townsend? Not really. No,
0: I would love to see Pete Townsend write a Helen Keller musical, though. And I that I,
1: I am gonna say, I am gonna say here, a rock musical about Helen Keller. I would watch that. I would. I would. Watch I would attempt. I
0: would attempt a jukebox musical with the <gasps> music of Phil Collins. Ugh. A Helen Keller biopic.
1: We need to copy that right now.
0: Okay, everyone shut the fuck up. Mitch, cut this out. We're patenting it. <laughs>
1: We're patenting. We need to trademark it. We are taking this show to Broadway. This is our
0: I swear to God, if any one of you steals this fucking idea, we will come for you. You do
1: not understand. We have no money and we will <laughs> sue. There
0: are 10 of you. We will figure out who did it. <laughs> we <sighs> will know.
1: We will know. And <sighs> we will sue.
0: <laughs> We're very litigious.
1: Yeah, absolutely here at bits over broadway our number one motto is sue first ask questions
0: <laughs> it's worked for us so far we it have has. no money again cannot stress enough we have you no money
1: how free this podcast <laughs> is
0: uh connor anything else or are we ready for man and chair
1: we're ready all
0: right man and chair this for us baby
1: i did not care for this <laughs> musical <honestly. laughs> the best song is pinball wizard it comes at the very end of the show again i feel like there are a lot of structural problems there's a lot of problems with the text itself um and uh as we have discussed at length in this podcast i would probably not uh listen to this show again personally um and i can't say whether or not i would go see it when it eventually comes back to Broadway. Maybe I would, depending on who's in the cast, I think. Um, like if it's some like really awesome people and awesome Broadway performers, I would love to go see. But if it's uh yeah, I think that's about it. Uh Meryl, man in chair.
0: Yeah, I would go see it if I was not sober. <laughs> <laughs> I would go see it in some sort of altered state somehow or another. That. Um yeah, here's what I'll say not a musical I care to listen to in my off time but I'm also not a fan of the who I think if right. you are a fan of the who um yeah. then you probably will enjoy it uh, and if you've heard the concept album and you're like well, let me check out the musical it may do something for you absolutely I will say you can get the mo- you can rent the movie on Vudu for 3 bucks And if you are having sort of a very safe quarantine bubble party Mm -hmm. with friends, um, and you're the kind of people who like to watch shitty movie musicals, put this on your list. I think it's worth it. It would be way more fun with a group of people. Like if our... It, it, Connor you, you and I if our friends were watching this together I think that would mm-hmm. be very fun to watch it by myself on a Saturday morning was frustrating for
1: sure I totally get that
0: um definitely fun with a group of people but yeah I don't care about this musical I don't think it's done anything for American musical theater <laughs> or English musical theater for that matter
1: yeah, Absolutely.
0: Um, it exists if you want to listen to pinball wizard just go listen to elton john yeah. the elton john song cover of it um and do again as i said i'll link this in the show description do please check out elton john as pinball wizard from the movie um, i'm
1: definitely gonna watch it as after we yeah. finish this episode. Yeah.
0: we 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 should organize a time for all of us to get together and watch the whole movie together but uh yeah no don't don't don't, don't seek this out on purpose <laughs> Would be my personal recommendation. (laughs) Uh, Connor, anything to plug?
1: No, as usual, you can find me across all platforms at c A12. You will find my funny writing, funny videos, or anything else I am working at there. How about you, Mayor?
0: Uh, no, nothing to plug. You can follow me at Merrill K across all platforms. Uh, you can follow this pro this podcast on all platforms at bits over B You can email us bits over B way at gmail.com. You can find us wherever you get podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple podcasts, Google play, um, pretty much anywhere you get a podcast. You can find us, um, sometimes we're on youtube when we remember to upload but not always and i think that's it
1: yeah i think so
0: okay all right uh bye Bye. i'm telling you if that didn't fix him nothing will